Good you care blood, ain't you? We have such sights to show you. It's alive! A boy's best friend is his mother. Here's Johnny! Hello, and thank you for joining me for another night at Camp Blood. My name is Stephen, and not usual, as is the case, I'm riding solo today. Um, I apologize, we haven't had an episode in a few months. Um, That is... Uh, because of a lot of things, so Joe and Trish are on break for the moment, but I didn't want to leave you guys with another episode or another month without a, a new episode, and so uh, I decided that, you know what, let's do it solo and try and get a new episode out there for everyone. So this is probably going to be a short episode because it's just me talking and I can only do so much. So let's get going. Today we're going to talk about 2002's Jason X. But first, let's take a listen to that trailer. In the year 2455, on a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Pepper, Donkey, and Power of the Lab. You brought him on board? Everything's under control, man. What the hell is going on? Jason Voorhees, that's what's going on. He's an unstoppable killing machine. Ah! It's okay, he just wanted his machete back. How do we get off the ship? I don't know. Look, we're gonna be all right. What, are you high? Uh-oh. Finally okay. What the hell is that? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, wow. It's been modified. Oh, you think? You guys might want to run. Jason X came out in 2002, although I believe IMDb says it came out in 2001 because it did come out in other countries, such as Brazil and a few other places in 2001. However, it came out in America in 2002, so technically it came out in 2001, but whatever, it came out in April 26, 2002, here in America, and I would look up when it came out in the other countries, hold on, here we go, I was looking for it, 
So it came out in Germany. Well, at uh, at the Munich the Munich Munchen Munchen Fantasy Film Fest in July two thousand one, and it came out in Spain in uh, two thousand one November, and then Brazil, Argentina, and Canada before it came out in the U.S. Now this is a movie that I saw. Uh, on a bootleg before it came out because it obviously played in other countries first um, so I saw it on a, on a bootleg VHS that I bought at a flea market before it came out um, but when it came out in the theaters I did go and see it in the theater as well because I, up to that point I had never seen a Friday the 13th movie in the theater so this was my first one because I was only 9 when Jason Goes to Hell came out, and I was around for the second half, I guess, of the original series, but I was just a teensy little baby, so I did not see those in the theater, and this was the first one that I saw in the theater, uh, even though I knew exactly what I was seeing already. Um, So Jason X technically takes place between, I'm sorry, after Freddy vs. Jason, even though Freddy vs. Jason had not been made or came out <laughs> uh, at this point, because it came out in um, 2003. So, and this movie was made in 2000, if I remember reading that correctly. Um, so, it takes place after um, Freddy vs. Jason, regardless of the uh, release time. So, Jason X takes place in the beginning of the movie in 2008 in which he is has been captured and is imprisoned in a crystal lake facilities type place where they have him chained up and all this stuff they're going to cryogenically freeze him until they can figure out what to do and our main character Rowan uh, played by Alexa Doig I would assume you, that's how you say her last name um, mentions Oh, actually, you know what? I think that's later in the movie, where she mentions how many times they've tried to kill him. But uh, David Cronenberg shows up, the director. He plays Dr. Wimmer, and he wants Jason to be studied because of his ability to regenerate human tissue and so on. So, But she's dead set against it because of how many times he's come back, and he's an unstoppable killing machine, so on and so forth. Uh, so she's against it. He, th- that's what he wants. Um, it's not going to happen. So uh, we also see this security guard who's like the one security guard who's watching Jason. Uh, he, I guess, is creeped out by Jason. So he throws like a coat or something over Jason uh, so he doesn't have to look at him. When Rowan and Dr. Wimmer show up, Wimmer wants the uh, like the towel or whatever pulled off his head. So he does. And, uh, oh my god, it's not Jason, it's actually the security guard who threw the towel over him. And Jason's free and starts killing people all willy-nilly, and including Dr. Wimmer. Irony! Because he, you know, didn't want him. Never mind. Anyway, so he kills everybody and he goes after Rowan. Rowan uh, is able to trap him in the cryogenic freezing chamber where she looks up at him through the little viewing thing, and he stabs right through the machine, which, come on, how, like, is, 
no matter how strong Jason is, is the machete really strong enough to pierce through a cryogenic freezing chamber? Probably not, but I don't know. So he does that, which causes the freezing stuff to come through there. It sets off alarms, and it's like a... Um, uh, well, it's a problem, so the there's a automatic thing that closes the door off, sealing her in there, and they are both cryogenically frozen. Jump ahead 455 years, which is not accurate because... So in the movie, later on in the movie, one of the characters says that uh, she's been frozen for four exactly 455 years. Those were his, his words were 455 years to be exact, uh, which is incorrect because we're jumping to the year 2455, this movie actually takes place in two, or starts off in 2008. Um, so she was actually frozen for 447 years, not 455. Um, get your facts straight, okay, Jason X? So we jump forward to 2455, and we meet Professor Lowe, played by Jonathan Potts, and his ragtag team of students. Um, I don't really know what they're students of science students medical students i'm not really sure um but they show up and they find uh jason frozen now here's my my problem so the thing goes off saying that she the there was a breach in the cryogenic freezing chamber and the door shuts and she gets frozen too are we seriously to believe that there's nobody else working at this place like, none. Um, so the door just closes and nobody else ever goes into this facility. Never wants to open that chamber. Nothing. None of it. find it very hard to believe. And, yeah, no, I, I just don't buy it. Um, plus, the, the facility just goes unused for 400 and something years. And... Uh, it's never knocked down. It's never bought by anybody else. It's never, nothing. Come on. Jason killed everybody that worked there, and nobody else had any kind of ties to that place. No. I, I, it's very hard to believe. But anyway. So they find Jason frozen. He is, uh, for some reason, he's frozen in, like, an attack pose, and I don't really know why. I don't remember him freezing like that, but maybe he did. I don't know. Uh... And then they find uh, Rowan also off to the side under a bunch of, like, cables, which leads me to believe, how did that happen? If nobody ever set foot in there again, how did she end up under a bunch of stuff? A lot of questions here. No goddamn answers. So we... Uh, there's a uh, Azrael, so he's he's a uh, fucking around, and uh, he gets his hand frozen to a coffee mug, and it's already established that he's going to be the goofy comic relief character, and he ends up running into Jason or something, causing his frozen body to fall forward, and since he's in an attack mode, he cuts off Azrael's arm in the process. 
Um, so we also get established with a few things, such as hockey has been outlawed since 2024, so they don't know what a hockey mask is, and we also find out that there's ways to reattach limbs and stuff like that in the, in the future. So um, They run a scan, Jason's dead, and then they run a scan of Rowan, who they realize they can bring back, and so they rush her back to the ship, um, in which she is, we meet what they call the ants, and that's uh, this CGI stuff that kind of crawls up and uh, covers her. I guess it reanimates her or whatever. They use the same technology to reattach Azrael's arm, and she comes back. To, uh, yeah. So we meet a bunch of the characters that are pretty much interchangeable with each other. They're either sex-starved uh, or uh, they're army-type people or they're science-type people. That's pretty much it. We also discover that Professor Lowe is a douchebag and is looking for money, money, money. So after we meet up with these characters, uh, a character by the name of... Hold on, I'll figure it out. Um... Adrian, which is a you know tip of the hat to the first movie because Adrian King played Alice in the first movie. Uh, she is examining Jason's body. They, as far as they know, he's dead. Um, they have the unfortunate conversation with Rowan that she's been frozen for 455 years, <laughs> 447 actually. Um, and so they explain that and everything. They start talking about Jason, and she's like, whoa, whoa, you know, he's he's dead, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's very dead. And she's like, no, and this is when she kind of goes off and how many times they tried to kill him. Um, well, actually, it's a little bit later, but there's a lot of jumping around in scenes here. So we have a scene going on with Adrian examining Jason. We have a scene going on with uh, two people that are helping Adrian, and then she tells them to get the fuck out because they clearly just want to run off and have sex. Uh, then we have a scene with Professor Lowe when he contacts um, some guy. Now, here's the thing. I don't know who the hell this guy is. When he calls him up, it's like a Skype call, like a video phone type thing. And when they when he shows up, he like comes out of a drawer or something. Like I don't really understand who this guy is, where he's coming from why Professor Lowe is contacting him, and he never shows up again. They never talk about him. They never explain who this is. So he contacts this guy, and he's just like, oh, I got this woman that we reanimated who is frozen for 455 years, to be exact. 447. And, you know, we can make money, and people will pay a ton of money to see her. And the guy's just like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Like... Uh, yeah, sure, she's twice the age of anyone on the planet, but it's not that exciting anymore. Then he's like, this other person is labeled as Voorhees. Is that Jason Voorhees? And he's like, what do you know about him? He's like, well, he was a notorious serial killer, killed all these people. So now Lowe is just like, oh, shit, I can make money off of Jason because of how notorious he is. So he decides that he's going to find Jason and keep him to sell. Well, Jason comes back to life and immediately kills Adrian, which is the probably the best kill in the entire movie, which 
Uh, there's a part earlier in the movie where she pulls something out of his eye socket. I don't know if it's supposed to be his eye or something else, but she like freezes it in like uh, liquid nitro- liquid nitrogen, something along those lines, and. He grabs her by the back of the head and shoves her head into this liquid nitrogen, which immediately freezes her head and then crushes it against the table. So, Jason's up. He's running around. we got a couple other characters who are doing things. There's this weird scene with uh, Janessa, I believe, who is trying to get a good grade on her final or her midterm or something. And to do that, she's playing sexual games with Professor Lowe. And when I say per, uh, when I say sexual games, I mean they cut to a scene where she's just squeezing his nipples with a uh, like a clamp type thing and she's just he's just like, "Ooh, you pass." Uh. To me it's one of the weirdest scenes in the entire movie. I understand the Friday the 13th movies are always known about, you know, being on sex and all this stuff, but this one's just uh weird for lack of a better word. Um, and it never comes into play again. They don't talk about it later. It's just there. Um, so we have that, and I forgot. Let me talk about uh, KM14, and I honestly cannot remember the guy's name that made her. And now I feel bad, because I honestly don't know, and I can't tell from any of these names. So I apologize, but that dude and KM-14. So KM-14 is a cyborg who this this dude created. God, I feel like a dick not knowing that guy's name. Um, oh, you know what? It's probably this Sunron, which I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure, because I do remember hearing that multiple times in the movie. So KM-14 is like a cyborg that he created, and she wants really to be treated like a human because she's pretty much a human um so she is kind of like that uh data person like from uh, from star trek next generation so she's always correcting people telling them it's this way giving the odds yada yada because she's basically a robot um but she wants to be more human so there's a scene where she wants uh sooner on to give her nipples so there's a scene, this goofy scene, where he's just, like, looking at her breasts, and he's like, yeah, those look pretty good. And then they fall, the nipples fall off because they're, like, made out of glass or something. That's what it sounds like when they hit the table anyway. Um, so, yeah, so she's kind of kind of in love with Sunran. Uh You know, it's implied anyway. Uh and Janessa, who you get the feeling that there has been some kind of a relationship between Janessa and Sunran and uh, and KM14 is a little jealous of that going on. So we have two characters who come in. One of them is named Kinsa and some dude whose name is really not that important because who gives a shit i want to say it's condor nope that's not it anyway who cares it's not important um they're the ones who were helping adrian and ran off to have sex so then we they uh are killed by well actually the guy is killed by jason um i think he gets stabbed in the stomach or something when he opens the door 
I don't know how Kinsa gets away uh, because they cut away from the scene. But she shows up to the group and she's covered in blood and she's like, oh, this guy's dead. Actually, I think it was Stony. That's, I think that's the guy's name. She's like, Stony's dead. So they get the grunts. And the grunts are the military type people that are involved with the ship. I guess it's their protection on the ship or whatever, from whatever. And that's led by Sergeant Brodsky. It's a group, so it's kind of like the characters in Aliens, basically. Um, so they're brought in, and they're just like, we got to take this guy down, get him killed, whatever. But Professor Lowe goes to Brodsky, and he's just like, no, don't kill him. He's worth money. I want him alive. So Brodsky's just like, fuck you. We're going to kill him. You know, whatever. Um, so they go out, and there's this whole sequence of them trying to take down Jason, and Jason is just slaughtering all of them. Um, probably the most memorable death in that entire sequence is the guy that gets thrown onto it, like this giant corkscrew type thing, and the guy, you know, falls on it, and then, <laughs> you know, spins around down it. And then, of course, you have to have the line where they're like, what happened to that guy? He's screwed. Yeah. Anyway, we also meet back up with Azriel, and we meet up with, hold on, <laughs> Dallas. Of course, it's a spaceship movie. You have to have a character named Dallas. Um, so we meet up with them, and they're playing, well, you don't know that they're playing, but they're playing like a virtual reality type game uh, where they're killing aliens and stuff. And... Uh, Jason shows up, kills one of the aliens, doesn't realize that he's in virtual reality. Uh, then Jason cuts off Azrael's head, or not Azrael, Dalit. No, he get, Azrael gets killed, I can't remember how. I think he gets cut in half or something. And then cuts off Dallas's head, and Dallas re- stops the game. Then we realize that they're just sitting down with, you know, virtual reality type stuff on their, on their head, excuse me. So... They're just like, what the hell's going on? Jason grabs Azriel and Dallas immediately pulls out his gun, tries to stop him, doesn't happen. Uh, then he's killed, and I think Dallas is also killed. I just can't remember how he's killed in that scene. So they're oh, Azriel gets his back broken over Jason's knee, which I always, and then just thrown off to the side, which I've always liked that death. Uh, and then I can't remember how how Dallas is killed. Uh, but fun fact, uh, Dallas is played by Todd Farmer, who wrote this movie. And he also wrote My Bloody Valentine uh, in 2009. So, we go back to the grunts. The grunts are being killed off. They're all killed off, except for Brodsky, who is technically left for dead. I can't. I think he gets stabbed with a spike or something by Jason, and he's left for dead. Uh, at this point, they're trying to figure out what to do now because the 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 grunts, their security is is gone. They're dead, and they need to come up with a way to get off the ship. So they are trying to like seclude themselves uh, in in a room away from Jason. Um, when we also, you know, there's also a character I forgot about, Crutch who is a, um, a gadget-type person, I guess. Uh, and he's there doing his thing. I don't really remember much of what he does or how he's killed off. So it's 
he's obviously not that important, but he's a memorable character because of his appearance. And there's also the uh, the captain of the ship who I honestly don't remember what his name is. I apologize. There's a lot. Of, I mean, most of these characters are interchangeable. They're they're there to be killed off, and that's pretty much it. Um, it might be. No, that's not him. Um, anyway, regardless, it might be Condor then. Let's see, real quick. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so they're going to go to uh, Solaris, which is, I guess, a floating city type place. And they're going to let the Solaris grunts take care of uh, Jason. So they're on their way there. They've all secluded themselves in, I guess, what you would, maybe a control room or something like that. And uh, Jason makes his way to the captain and kills him. And as they're approaching Solaris, they're approaching it too fast because the captain is dead, so no one's piloting the ship. And they smash into Solaris. And that's when they, they're just like, we're going to circle back. And, uh, but when they do, when they look back, it, they've destroyed Solaris. The entire city has been destroyed. They're blown away. So now, technically, this right here, with the fact that the entire city has been destroyed, that's the highest death count in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> we don't know how many people... Actually, I think they might have said how many people were on Solaris. Uh, if they did, then that's absolutely the highest uh, body count in a Friday the 13th movie. So, <laughs> there we go. Uh, he didn't, Jason didn't kill them, but he indirectly killed them, because he killed the person that would have steered away from the, the city, but anyway, I digress, so, they're just like, well, now what do we do, um, so, Jason's destroying the ship, basically, and they d don't have much of an option, so they try to move to a different section of the ship, uh, in which Professor Lowe is killed, um, which is the classic scene from the trailer of the, it's okay guys, he just wanted his machete back! Um, so, they're trying to move to a different part of the ship, but, you know, Jason's just destroying the ship, and, uh, Brodsky has decided that he's going to take on Jason and try to save everybody else, because he wasn't actually dead. They, they find him, they bring him back, and they get him fixed up and everything. Um, so he's trying to save them and everything. Uh, so then we have uh, KM-14 and... Uh, damn it, I forgot his name already. Sunaran. Uh, they're trying to get stuff put together, and she's he's like, what are the odds of us surviving? And she's like, they're not good. Um, so they start making out. And then we cut back to the, the group of people trying to figure out what to do and how to get out of there. They're uh, trying to... Is that... No, that's later, I think. So, KM-14 shows back up, because Jason shows up, but KM-14's back, and she's, like, a tough uh, army chick all of a sudden, because she had an upgrade, um, which is setting up something that's going to happen in a little while. So, she... Well, actually, Jason goes up and just stabs her in the stomach, and she she's just like, uh, like she actually that killed her, and uh, she falls to the ground. He goes over to like finish her off, and then she's just like, "Gotcha!" and starts shooting, beats the shit out of him, like beats the shit out of him, 
and like it's a really long fight that goes on for a while and it's it's a fun fight to watch and she fucking blows his head off like just demolishes his fucking head with like a not a rocket launcher but something along the same lines so they're just like woo we're free yay but uh, as they're trying to contact another ship which I can't remember the name of the ship but they're trying to contact another ship and uh, to come save them and whatnot. Um, they're just like, look, our hull's bleeding out. We don't have enough time to wait for you guys. Then they're like, well, if we move over to this side of the ship and blow off the bridges or whatever, we can we can do that. And they're like, oh yeah, we can do that. While all this, while all this is going on, Jason had when he was killed, he fell onto a uh, onto the like the uh, hospital bed type thing where they had put uh, Rowan when they reanimated her, and uh, the ants. As I said before, the little CGI ants or whatever you want to call them, crawl up and cover, cover him, and uh, something's gonna happen. So they're trying to make their way to the other side of the ship when all of a sudden, dun dun dun, Jason's back. But it's not just Jason; it's Uber Jason, which is what they have called him. And Uber Jason is the Jason you see in the poster with the metal mask, and uh, he's just really bulky and shit and he's super strong just fucking knocks KM-14's head off literally so he attacks them and which I'm I'm gonna say this as, as goofy as this movie is um Uber Jason's my favorite part of this movie I think he it just looks badass and uh it, he's a lot of fun to watch so uh so they, he attacks them uh they are able to get into the um, the ship I think I skipped over a part I did I, I skipped over when Kinsa tries to escape the ship when she's attached to like the escape pod type thing and doesn't realize she's still attached to the ship and tries to take off and, and crashes into the ship and I can't remember where Janessa's death comes in um, Janessa's death which I'll talk about right now because I can't remember where it takes place. I can't remember if it's before or after he becomes Uber Jason. It seems like it would have had to have taken place after, but I don't remember. Anyway, Jeanette, there's a part in the scene in the movie where Janessa's in a room. They're all in a room, and Jason's outside the ship and, cr- and smashes his fist through it, the wall, which causes, you know, suction and everything. And they all try to get out, but Janessa can't. She's trying to struggle to get to get back with the group and everything, but um they uh they can't she can't get out so um she ends up getting sucked through the the hole which would have been an amazing scene if they hadn't just like shown what looked like some meat being pulled through it like for a second it looked really stupid it could have been amazing but uh they chose to go the pussy route because the Friday the 13th movies are notorious for uh censorship so, yeah, whatever. Um, so I can't remember if that happened before or after he became Uber Jason. I want to say it happened after, because how would he have had the force to punch through a fucking ship? But anyway. Um, so they get onto the other side of the, the ship, and they're trying to get ready to blow the bridges, but Jason's with them. So KM decides, she's hooked up to the computer and everything, she decides to uh, recreate crystal lake from the the 1980s 
in which we have a recreation of a scene from, I think it was part seven, in which Jason encounters two campers in which, or it's one camper in, in the original movie, but in this one it's two. I think it's one in the original movie, anyway. Um, where they're in sleeping bags, and Jason picks one of them up in the sleeping bag and uses them to, like, hit the other one, and then smashes the, the one in, against the tree. It's a really classic scene. It's a scene that, um, if you've ever seen the deleted footage from that movie, it's a scene that actually was incredibly bloody, but of course it's cut down. And he does it over and over and over again in the original movie, but in that movie, they had it edited down where he only did it once. Uh, but in the deleted footage, it's like six or seven times. And by the end, it's just like a bag of blood, which I, I wish that was in the original movie, but censorship... In this movie, he hits him a bunch of times, but there's not a lot of blood, and then smashes her, smashes her against a tree. So, that happens. Um, that didn't distract him for very long. And then, um, they... I think that's when Brodsky shows back up, and then he goes at him, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. I mean, they go at each other, and uh, the ship blows up, because they're blowing up the, the bridge and everything. And uh, Jason's about to come flying back. He's in space and about to come flying back uh, into the ship. And then Brodsky, out of nowhere, comes and grabs him and f forces him back down to Earth, too. Um, because he had been out there for the spacewalk to try and uh, put the detonators or whatever on the bridge. So that's pretty much the end of the movie. The, um, Jason and uh, Brodsky go flying down onto Earth you know, fire, you know, breaking apart from the atmosphere and everything like that, and, uh, um, Sunaran and Rowan and KM-14 are the last ones alive, and they're just kind of, like, looking down on Earth, and then we have a cool scene where there's these two people, like, at a campsite or whatever, they're looking up the stars, and they see what's actually Brodsky and Jason falling towards Earth, they're like, look, it's a shooting star, and the guy's like, I think it fell in the lake, and they're like, come on, let's go check it out. And then we get Jason's metal mask falling into the lake, and um, you just hear the ch ch and that's the end of the movie. So, Jason X. Uh, it is a odd movie. It is a, an odd step for the filmmakers. Um, it came out, like I said, before Freddy vs. Jason, so in the continuity of releases... It makes no sense because he went to hell in the last one, so how did he get out of hell? Well, they, they explain it in Freddy vs. Jason, but they wanted to get a Jason movie out before uh, Freddy vs. Jason came out. So, Jason X is what we got. I, I just don't get why they chose to be like, well, we're going to take this into space. Um, it makes little, little sense to me why they did that. Um, people always say, well, when they, they send a character into space, you know that's the end of the series. And they're technically, they're technically right. Um, or it's not maybe not the end of the series, but you know that that's like where the the it, it loses its footing. By this point, this was the tenth Friday the Thirteenth movie, which is why it's called Jason X. Um, so I don't, I don't, um, I don't agree with them sending him into space. However, this is a guilty pleasure movie of mine. I think I said it in our Friday the 13th episode. 
Uh, it is a guilty pleasure movie, but it's it's just yeah. I know how stupid it is. I know how goofy it is. It's a Friday the Thirteenth movie, though. That's what I give it. It is a Friday the Thirteenth movie, just with a different location, um, a stupid location, but a different. I mean, you could literally have set that at Camp Crystal Lake, and it would have been the same movie. It probably would have been better, but. I still highly enjoy this movie. It was Kane Hodder's last performance as Jason. He was in uh, A New Blood, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X. So he was in four of them. He's the only actor to play Jason more than once. Um, so it was it's it was nice to see him in the role one more time. Uh, it was uh, it led on to bigger and better things, which was Freddy versus Jason. And um, Jason X was the lowest grossing of all the Friday the 13th movies. Not by a lot, though. It was just under Jason Takes Manhattan by uh, less than a million dollars. So it was it was almost... It made about as much as Jason uh, Takes Manhattan. And Jason Goes to Hell, which was the one right before, it only made 200... Less than 200 million more. Or 200. Less than 2 million more. So, um... Yeah. So that's all I really have to say. I, I told you it would be a short episode, but uh, I wanted to make sure we got another episode out so we didn't you didn't think we abandoned the series or anything like that. Hopefully, Trish and Joe will be back soon. Um, I don't know. I hope so, but I'm not sure. Also, if you guys listen and you're going to be in the Chicago area and you're going to be going to Flashback Weekend, I will be there uh, just walking around. So, um yeah, I'm just throwing that out that I will be there that weekend, which is the first weekend in August. So uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Check us out on Twitter at another uh, another night pod, um, and check out Joe and Trish's uh, blog, Noises and Nonsense. I don't know the URL off the top of my head, so I apologize. And uh, check them out on Twitter and all that good stuff, too. So thank you for listening, and hopefully we'll all at least have some kind of a co-host next time you guys tune in. Thank you. Let the body the 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 the